the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thursday, and I'm sitting on the third floor of the uh, Capitol again on the House side, and we're waiting on J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman. He'll be here in a few moments. I know he's coming. We talked earlier today. First two things that we're going to talk about are going to be uh, the highway bill, which somebody's name came off of it or something, and they're going to wait until Monday to vote on it. Which gives us a, a little time to talk about it and then talk about uh, Mayberry's bill as well, which I, I, I still want to talk about. I think that's him coming right now up the, yep, I think so. the stairs. He just, yeah, he just texts me, yes, I'm coming. I'm on my way. <laughs> All right, so. And Doc is paid. We want to tr- talk about that. There was an interesting story in the paper today. I have mentioned... Uh, a couple of times that uh, former representative Jonathan Barnett of Asylum uh, Springs was the 2% guy back in 2011. And we'll talk about that because JR is here. Yeah. He made it. You made it. I dropped it. my coffee. Oh, no. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. you just you got a little, just a little, a little bit. bit on your shirt. Not bad. That's right. It's okay. That's, that's not bad. It's one of those days. Okay, so. Something was in the paper today I wanted to bring to your attention and talk about about the governor's highway bill. Okay. Did you see this today? I about did. Former Representative Jonathan Barnett of uh, Asylum Springs. He's the guy who came up with the half-cent half sales tax. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they talked to him, and this was back in 2011, and then it went to the voters in 2012, and uh, then it was all right. He says he opposes... Making the tax permanent. Let me just quote what he's saying here. Quote, that wasn't the original commitment, he said. He did not speak at the committee meeting that happened. I promised the citizens of Arkansas you would have a sunset on it. It would be a 10-year sales tax, and it would come off. He is uh, also a former highway commissioner. I'm not an elected official. I'm not there to reinforce my position. He went on and said that he realizes... That uh, there are uh, some different lawmakers, a different governor than when he served in the House from 2009 to early 2015. If the uh, legislature refers the current half percent proposal to the ballot, he said, he'll, quote, most likely vote against the proposal. There's been some talk about that here in the hallways. And uh, now that Julie Mayberry has that piece of uh, that bill that she has was a 1541 or whatever that she has floating out there a lot of people say maybe whoa let's put the brakes on here for a second and let's talk about this tax increase no tax increase well uh, you know first and foremost i don't think anybody had any intention to make it permanent at the time that uh uh barnett pushed that to the people of arkansas but i mean Here's the thing, like we, um, 
uh, you know, you brought this forward to the Senate. It passed through the Senate committee pretty quickly. On the Senate floor was 27 votes, 75 percent. People, most people, most Arkansans understand that they have to have some sort of road tax, uh, user fee, if you will. Uh, if you're going to use the roads, we've got it. Like what we're doing right now, Dave, is not working. We're not anywhere close to what we need to have in order to provide well, the infrastructure. Nobody's arguing that, right? Exactly. Um, and I think right now where we are is um, the sort of the right balance between our caucus and the other. Uh, the fact that like we've got to do something, and this is the right thing to do. Okay, I guess. I look at this since yeah. I've been here so long. Right, absolutely. Okay. You know, Barnett, when and when they were pushing this back in 2013, they had it set up that nobody was raising taxes, not not even this half cent that I'm that we're talking about. Well, they were talking through cut, you know, taking the sales tax off of automobiles and all kinds of stuff, putting it all together and funding the highways. BB killed that bill. There's no doubt Sure. About that, he killed that bill that was going. It was it failed in the House by one vote, and uh, I'm thinking now that we're in control, we get that through, and we can. We wouldn't be in the position number one that we're in right now, and number two, we can don't have to raise taxes. Well, and you always talk about the previous administration. I mean, the fact of the matter is, we are in this position, uh, and I would say that. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is nobody at all thought, you know, intended this to be a permanent uh, tax when uh, we brought it up in 2011, 2012. However, it's an important part of this long-term highway plan. And the fact of the matter is if you're going to use roads, I mean, here's the thing, Dave. You've got $205 million of this $300 million plan that the people of Arkansas are going to go vote for. They're going to get to say, yes or no, we want it or we don't want it. We think it's fair. We think it's unfair. I think that's the most important part of this entire thing is to say, voters, you get to choose yes or no. Uh, it's going to be clear. It's going to be uh, – there's going to be a ton of, I'm sure, campaigns on both sides of it saying for it, against it, whatever it might be. But this is an opportunity for Arkansas voters to say, this is what I believe, this is not what I believe, right? Yes or no. Um, and so that's the, the biggest part of it. We've had to do a lot of things in this administration that the previous administration has not uh, well, taken I, up. The and, previous uh, administration screwed you guys. I mean, there's sure. no doubt about that. Well, sure. But I'm just saying, like, in general, we're gonna, we have to take things up that didn't take effect the last time around. And so... This seems to be the best, uh, uh, the most rational uh, path forward as far as saying, hey, if you use roads the most, you're going to have to pay more than others. If you don't, you, you don't have to. And at the same time, reminding people that we have cut income taxes by $250 million. Like we are saying to those who are having to pay in, into the uh, income tax reduction that, hey, look, listen or into income taxes, you have already been cut $250 million, and that's not something you get to have any say in. We're saying that we're cutting that already, but this user tax is based solely on the fact of whether you use the roads more so than not than others. Does that make sense? Like that's, well, I understand what you're yeah. saying. Understand what I'm saying. No, I'm understanding. Why raise taxes if there's a way of doing it without raising taxes? Well, I haven't studied uh, um, 
Representative Mayberry's bill. Well, it's really entirely. Barnett. It's really Barrett's bill well, from yeah, back yeah. there. I mean, it's it's the same bill. It's the same thing you're saying that BB yes hit kiboshed. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm just saying, can we hold for a minute and look at that and let DFA? I know is working on sure. You know the numbers. Let's see what they say. I know the governor is. Uh, I mean, he's very good about looking at every piece of legislation that comes through, especially the appropriations. Um, and spending and that sort of thing. So I'm sure he's looking at it, but I also think that this, that at this point, with... Um, I know it's the 11th sort of a, hour, okay? I understand it, it, that. No, I get it. And, and, but that's not an excuse. I mean, the fact of the matter is he's literally, like, he looks at everything, whether it's the abortion bills brought by Lundstrom or Raper, like, he's looking at everything at the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. Uh when he can help it, obviously it's a little bit earlier. Yeah, well, you would uh, rather it not be the Right, 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 right. But I agree with he, that. He likes to look at all this and say, like, okay, here's what I think about this, and here's what makes sense, here's what doesn't make sense. I think it'll be the same way with uh, uh, the regurgitated legislation from Barnett. But I do also think that the extended sales tax, the fact that we are doing this We've done it for 10 years. Most Arkansans don't, you know, I mean, I know they probably, there's, let me back up. There's an idea that the half-cent sales tax was extended to, uh, for 10 years, and that was going to be it, and that was all was going to happen. But I also think it was false narrative from Department of Highways that basically said, hey, look, we're going to get all this stuff fixed in 10 years. It hadn't happened. You know what I mean? Okay, so, all right. No, but. but so, go go ahead and finish your No, no, that's no. fine. Go ahead. All right, so. The bottom line is, is that the highway department is screwed to pooch. They're not, they're not being transparent about what they're thinking. They change their minds all the time. Is it time for the governor now to just say, we need to clear the deck and get some people that we can trust in the highway department? I mean, is, it, is that well, what we need? I mean, it's one of those weird uh, situations where they're independent. Uh, you've got five highway commissioners. The governor's appointed three. Okay, so it's uh, a, just is just it, appointed. Is the time for the House and the Senate to clean house over there by Maybe. changing everything? Maybe, yeah, absolutely. I think we got to look at everything to say exactly how how do we move forward from this? Because this is you know this is really no, absolutely. For, for the average Arkansan. If they think about it, this is maddening. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I think people are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I was, I mean, I am a voter. I was a voter in 2012. You're a, you're a, last time I talked to you, you were an Arkansan. Are you still an Arkansan? I'm still an Arkansan. Okay. But 2012, <laughs> I mean, but, but but in 2012, I was a reporter. Yeah. I voted for the uh, half-cent sales tax. Yeah. I have no problem saying that because I think that there were some real needs. I was in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. And what they said then. And you then, guys really needed some stuff Sure. There. And what they said then was that we're going to do this, this, and this. They concentrated on that. And before the election, they showed what they could do. Right, and I think that was a really big part of. Have the, they done it? They did. Oh, okay. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like I they, had to ask. I don't know. Well, I, don't live I mean, up we're there. ten years later. They're still working on it, but okay. they did do like about a six, seven mile stretch of 540 at the time. Okay, 49 now. But I'm saying like. At the time, it was it made a lot of sense. There's a lot of uh, growth in Northwest Arkansas, so you had a big sector of the electorate that said, "Hey, we're going to do something about this." Okay. Um, that's still going on ten years from now. Uh, I, I think the uh, highway department probably 
made it sound as though if we do this, we're going to solve all of our problems. Obviously, we haven't. Uh, and that's been the biggest issue to date right now is the fact that we haven't solved all our problems. We still have a lot of highways, a majority of highways that still need some sort of maintenance uh, or um, uh, new infrastructure, and they just haven't been able to do it. So, I mean, I think that it's frustrating to our office. It's frustrating to legislators. Um, but at the same time, they're independent. The people of Arkansas voted, voted, voted for it to be that way a long time ago, and that's where we are right now. So if there needs to be a revisitation of the independency or whatever it might need to be, that's totally fine with us. It's just this is where we are right now, and this is what we can do within that sort of apparatus. Does that make sense? Yeah, when, when I first got here... Gilbert Baker was the only Republican senator. And one of the things that he said is that the money that was coming off of uh, products that uh, were tied to the highways, like new cars, Mm -hmm. used cars, buying batteries and all of that, should be changed. And uh, the tax should be taken and not put in the general fund, but should be put in the highway fund. Now, that's back a ways that that happened. And I hear people every once in a while bring that up, and I'm just wondering why we don't, you know, somebody doesn't grab the bull by the horns and say, instead of that crap being in the general fund, it should be, it should be building our highways. It should be fixing our highways. I, mean, I think there's a lot of questions to that. I mean, the, the, the point is, the governor came into office saying that we need a uh, lower income tax rate, right? Yeah, I understand That's all been that. That's the whole thing. So and he's highways, gotten all that done. No, no, but absolutely. But the highways and health care have been two major aspects of his uh, administration that weren't necessarily foreseen, right? Right. Highways is frustrating in that you don't get to say, you know, Paul, in your neck of the woods, we're going to do A and B to create some sort of infrastructure package that allows that farm-to-road sort of thing, right? Right, Farm-to-market sort of thing. Like, we're in a position where they're independent. We're the governor's office. You have the legislative oversight, which is small and minimal. It's it's frustrating. That makes sense. Like, that's the whole thing. No, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And that does, no, no, I agree with that completely. And I think that does rest with uh, the legislature. legislature. And I think Jonathan Dismang has some legislation out there right now that basically says you need to do this, this, and this and run it through ALC or whatever it might be. I agree with that. Uh, And I think that the the governor, to some point, uh, agrees with that the fact that we need to be able to see where this money is going, first Mm -hmm. and foremost. Where's it going? And what money is going towards specific infrastructure projects? There's a difference between saying that we're maintaining highways, and there's also a big difference in saying that we are uh, putting money towards new infrastructure projects. Well, it's we like, need that. It's just like you all, all right? You're yeah. told, the I-30 uh, interchange you're getting ready to work on here sometime, all right, yeah. <laughs> over by Little Rock. Starts off at $300 million and now keeps crawling up close to what is it almost a billion dollars now that they came up, up the with? i-30 yeah 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 i mean i mean are they sitting around drinking straight vodka or something that they can't come up with their numbers i mean i don't understand the, yeah, yeah the that. parties might be better than the planning so uh no joke no, <laughs> i got gotcha. you Paul. i appreciate i'm it. with uh, you <laughs> no i i i mean i i agree with that like the fact of the matter is though we have very limited oversight over that whole entire thing but we do know and the governor, like I said, has appointed uh, 
two members. He just appointed a third in February, January uh, of the five. And that's important because we've got to be able to start looking at this and saying what makes sense for the people of Arkansas. Fort Smith, it had been like somewhere around 50 or 60 years since a highway commissioner had been appointed from the Fort Smith area. We're talking about the second largest city in Arkansas. That's a huge deal. There are huge infrastructure projects in that area, including 49 going from Fort Smith down to sure. Texarkana. That would be a huge, huge boon for the uh, you know whole entire 71 corridor right there. Um, so we we want to see that, but I think part of it is with when especially when you have th- uh, two thirds of the actual funding plan going before the people of Arkansas, you've got to be able to tell them that. You've got to be able to go out there and say, look, this is our plan. This is what we want to do. Uh, and then they get to decide on it, which I think is a huge deal for the highway department to say, okay, what are you going to do with that $205 million extra year? Are you going to maintain roads, or are you actually going to put it towards new infrastructure that we need in this state to grow economically? Yeah. How about so, inviting us to the party? It, absolutely. And I, I agree with that completely. I think that's a huge part of it to say, okay, what are you going to do? Show us what you're going to do, and then we'll vote for it. I think if they can do that, like they did in 2012, then it'll pass. But they also have to continue to do what they said they were going to do in 2012, which they have done with I-49 and the extent and the uh, widening of the uh, interstate. There, they've done a lot of it. I think they've got three quarters of it done. It just kind of talks about how difficult it is to get it all done within a decade, that sort of thing. But if you say we're going to do this with that money that you're providing us, I think more Arkansans will buy into this. If you say that we're going to maintain roads and that sort of thing, they probably won't because people want to see more of what we're supposed to do. All right, we got to take a break. Yep. Let's do that. We're at the uh, the Capitol, third floor, House side. J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman, on with the Dave Ellswick Show right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, it is uh, 2.28. We're going to take a break here, and then we'll come back, and we'll do uh, more here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show with you uh, after the break at the bottom of the hour. But we've got J.R. Davis on with us. We want to talk to Jr. Uh, we're going to finish up talking about highways now. Then when we come back, are you staying up on the 911 bill? I am. All right. Yep. We got to talk about it. Let's talk because about I it. got questions. I got questions. I will, about I will it. do my best to answer them. <laughs> I so. got questions about it, and and I understand why it's being proposed, but I, there's parts of it I don't understand why they're there. So let's finish up and just say the. You say that the governor. You think we'll look at Newberry's or Mayberry's bill? I mean, I think he looks at every bill. Uh, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to study it completely. Uh, obviously, with the session going on, we've had a lot of things going um, uh, towards the governor's uh, desk. But, yeah, I would absolutely love to look at it. I know the governor will as well. Um, but I do think that at this point in time, uh, we're, we're at a, a good position that we can say that, look, we've cut the income tax and that comes straight out of your pocket. This is a user tax. It's part of building the state. Yeah, but and it's going to – I know. I know JR, just think what he could do. He could stand up in front of the state of, of uh, Arkansas and said, not only I give you an income tax cut, I didn't have to raise taxes to do the, the highways in this state. I, but I, I agree with that. But I also think that a big part of it is the fact that it's going to take a lot of money uh, to, yeah, to continue um, what we're doing here in highways. So – so we get the news. We'll, we'll be about. back. Yep. Yep. 
I will say this. I had had the master down because <laughs> I found out something. I found out if the master is up, if you listen very, very closely, you can still hear us talking on the Facebook. So oh. that's why I always t- turn, you know, when I say, you say, you, you, <laughs> you hear me, if you ever are on my show and there's people around, you'll always, you know, I turn it down because I go, I say, when I say off the record, yeah, it's off the record. All right? I believe in that when you yeah. say that. There's some Glad reporters do, do not. 100%. Yeah. All right. You say, they'll say <laughs> off the record. With some and, then, of them. Yeah. and then you'll see it in print the next day. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll hear it that night on the news. But the bottom line is I say off the record, it's off the record. So it, I had to turn that off. That's why I, the sound was down and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there we were. Well, I got to tell people. So I was uh, in a good spot. I was uh, going to be here on time. <laughs> and I had a... Uh, cup of coffee explode on me when I was coming into the Capitol. Uh, I've got it over my shirt, my cuffs, my uh, uh, shoes, everything else. I don't know how a small cup of coffee, as literally a small cup of coffee, has exploded all over me. So anyway, so I this, am so sorry that I was so late. So this yeah. wasn't one of those McDonald's types. No, type this, this was, was uh, just clumsiness. No, uh, this, this, this is, is coffee me, meteor cost. coffee on uh, Markham, right there in the Markham Cavanaugh split. It's really great coffee. It's I was pro- so excited to have it. And premium it, coffee. Yeah. I had about a sip of it before it just. We gotta give a try to this. I've never heard. It's of really place. good. Yeah, meteor. It's a it's meteor, a bike huh? shop slash coffee place. But was that that one that sits right across from yeah. the oyster bar or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's actually really really good coffee. I'll but try I, it. I, <laughs> I I was not as uh, coordinated today getting into the uh, capital as I thought I might be. And what it, were you bringing for the governor? Well, I have a well. That's a that's Never a longer mind. story. You know what? I'm going to share that with you. I have to share it with him first. Okay. And then I'm going to share it with you next <laughs> Thursday. It's All a right. it's an embarrassing. But a hilarious uh, story that okay. I have to bring to him. We're here. Uh, we'll hear what he has yeah, to say. Yeah, it'll be good. You'll be the first one after the governor. That's cool. Sure. Okay, yeah. so I got. Fr- I, I worked on freedom of speech this year. Yeah. Two years from now, Yeah. I'm going to be working on the highway department, dude. You should. It's a big, big, it's a big apple to take a bite out of. It's like eating an elephant. But I bet you if the right people get involved, they can eat it. Sure, absolutely. Well, it's one of those things where we talk about all the time that, uh, you know, especially with highways, there's so little oversight from the executive branch and the legislative branch. We want to know exactly where the money's going. And I think that well, the, the part of it, the governor's So do the people of Arkansas. Absolutely, 100%. And I think part of, the, uh, uh, part of that aspect is the fact that uh, we want to be able to show people that you know, hey, look, this is the money that we're providing, and this is where the money's going. And I think the fact that we're doing this through a referred amendment, at least, you know, two-thirds of it is saying that, look, the highway department needs to come out and say, this is where that money's going. This is what's going to pay for some of the new infrastructure costs, not just maintenance. And I think if you do that, I think most Arkansans understand that we need to have more infrastructure down the western side of the state, the northern part of the state, and so on and so forth. But the the idea that it's just going to be maintenance is not going to fly with most individuals. And so I think that we have to be able to show that. I think it's a huge um, part of what the highway department is going to have to show 
because of sort of the dynamics of this that there's little there's no executive oversight except for appointing members to the commission with the governor there's five members the governor just appointed the third so we just now have the majority okay so you say that there's no executive or oversight except for that of the governor yeah. all right what what's the oversight that the uh, legislature has you know i don't i don't i don't com- completely know the entire oversight. They say that they have to bring some of the funding and the appropriation aspect to the to the legislature. I think that's true. Not enough. But not enough. And the fact of the matter is, uh, there, and that's why I think you see Senator Jonathan Dismang proposing legislation that says we need to get this more, uh, uh, you know, under control as far as where this money is going. People of Arkansas absolutely need to know where this money is going. It's tax dollars. Where are these projects going? I think in 2012 we saw a big, uh, uh, you know, part of uh, part of sort of the story itself in northwest Arkansas. They needed the infrastructure. We saw I-540 at the time, now 49, expanding uh, from Fayetteville to Springdale. I think most most citizens saw, wow, this was very much needed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what got it passed. I, I believe that in a large majority. But I also think that people need to see what else is on the table. It can't just be northwest Arkansas. We're seeing tremendous growth in, North Ar- in northeast Arkansas. We're seeing uh, the need for a connection between northwest and northeast. Uh, also the west as far as 71 in the corridor there and I-49. So I think that there's going to be a uh, tremendous amount of, of uh, information requests, if you will, uh, to the highway department to say, okay, exactly, I want to vote for this, but, but what does this mean for my area? Mm-hmm. And, and I think if they're able to show that, it'll be great. If they're not, I think it'll be, uh, I, I mean, I don't use the lack of the word uh, catastrophic. You know, I mean, I, I don't I mean to make it a bigger deal than it is, but I think as far as for the vote itself, people need to know where this money's going. If they can do that, great. It'll be good. If they can't, I think it's going to be a really tough sell. Now, here's the really tough sell. When you haven't been able to, to keep the money that you say that you have, that you're spending, and, yeah. and uh, you even tell the, the elected body of the, the, the state, this is the money you have and where yeah. you're going to spend it. And then they come back a, a year later, and it's totally different. Yeah. Why would I believe you the, the next time around? Absolutely. And that's why I think that the biggest part of the governor's highway plan is sort of the bully pulpit. Yeah. I mean, we, we show that we're saying that, yes, there's some maintenance issues that need to be taken care of, but there's also some infrastructure issues from from sort of a, a new standpoint that we've got to get, you know, at least started. Uh, the governor was in Washington, D.C. this past weekend talking with the president uh, and with Lighthizer, the trade ambassador, uh, and others saying that, hey, we've got to have some sort of infrastructure bill because you are literally leaving it to the states to do something. And until we have some sort of federal umbrella that says this is what this plan looks like, and then the states mm-hmm. can say this is what we need to do, until we have that, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. So the governor made that a big part of his uh, trip to Washington, D.C. to say, look, you've got you've to put this in your uh, crosshairs. This has to be one of the big things you take up in the next session. So, uh, you know, uh, Vice President Pence, who you know very well, yep. 
uh, have said that he is very confident that an infrastructure package will get done this session. Oh, That's good. great. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. So you can good count states. on the uh, on the Democrats for something. Well, yeah, absolutely. And so that's something that's a uh, very big deal. We got to get it taken care of. A federal infrastructure package will be huge. Forty nine is not just Arkansas. It is. We're talking about Missouri and Kansas, all the way up to Canada, all the way down to Louisiana and to New Orleans. It's a huge, huge piece of the puzzle. And if we can get the Fort Smith, the Texarkana piece solved as far as funding goes, uh, Arkansas is going to blow up as far as economic development goes. So it's going to be really, really good. All right. We got to take another break. Final break for this hour. J.R. Davis, Governor Spokesman, my guest here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. When we come back, I want to talk about the 911 bill. Got yep. tabled in committee yesterday. Uh, Stephen Meeks, the committee chairman, will be on with us on Monday. I want to see what the governor's office thinks about it. We'll be talking about it when we come back. Don't forget about uh, Agent Dwayne Smith and the Dwayne uh, or yeah, the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency. It's an all-state uh, agency. They're the guys that are out there chasing Mr. Mayhem all over the place, trying to keep him under bay so that you don't have bad things happen to you. And if you do, that uh, if you've got Allstate insurance, you know that those things are going to be taken care of. And right now, if you stop by and see the Dwayne Smith uh, Insurance Agency, they'll take uh, your current insurance policy, uh, compare it to what Allstate has, and see how much money they can save you. All you have to do is call them at 501-819-0373 or visit them at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. The Dave Ellswick Show back for the final segment in just a moment. All right, we are back with you. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, final segment of our time with uh, J.R. Davis from the uh, the governor's office. And I want to, we've been talking highways the whole show, so let's switch it up a little bit to finish up. Because a bill that is going through uh, the um, House right now is uh, run into a little bit of a snag. It went through the Senate, now it's trying to go through the House, and this is the a bill that is affectionately known as the nine one one bill. Now I'm I'm familiar with this because it's kind of affected me directly, and that is a, the nine the ability to call nine one when uh, you know something happens. You know you're supposed to be able to just pick up the phone at nine one one and you talk to somebody, dispatch a, a police officer, or they dispatch the fire department, or they dispatch. Uh, an ambulance. It's not that easy, though. Yeah. Uh, all across the state of Arkansas, it, it's an unmitigated disaster, to be honest with you. For instance, in Lone Oak, where I live, uh, I was having a heart attack, and I called for an ambulance. And the person answers the phone and, and says, how can I help you? I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm having severe chest pain or arm uh, pains. And I need an ambulance to get me to the hospital. And they go, oh, I'm looking at your phone number, sir. Uh, you're in Lono County. This is for Cabot. Please hold. Now, the last thing you want to hear. Right. No, when, I agree. When, when you're having a heart attack 100%. is, please hold. <laughs> right. So that's what this 911 bill right. is supposed to get rid of. However, are you aware uh, uh, of this, Jr. 
that there is $8 million in this bill for nine different very small phone companies. Supposedly, it's going to, it's going to be used for uh, broadband, but there's nothing in it that tells well, them they got to use it for broadband. Right, but there's also a big part, and that's a very good point that you brought up. I mean, look, generally, we're supportive of this. Uh, you know, we, we feel like that uh, you know, the A-Win issue has been a long time coming. Yes. Uh, you said it yourself. I think the 911 issue uh, amongst some of the smaller counties and rural areas in Arkansas you has been very difficult. the political crap that goes on about this. I mean, I don't know how any better ha- way of saying it. We have to have it. Yeah. We it's have got to be it. done. Absolutely. Uh, A1 has always uh, uh, had f- funding problems from our perspective. This has been sort of the potential to fix a long-term problem. Uh, you know, a lot of legislators will tell you that we can do a better job of organizing and, and streamlining those emergency communications. And, of course, to us, that makes a lot of sense. When you look at AWIN and, and, and the struggles they've had in the past, we've got to fix it. Uh, Dave, you made a very good example uh, just then about, you know, yourself, but there's a lot of loved ones. They want to be able to say that when they call 911, they're going to get an answer. Some, and they're going to get immediate service. on their way. That's right. Absolutely. And so I think that that is a, uh, a big part of all of this, that we want to make sure that every part of Arkansas is serviced uh, through the AWIN 911 system, right? Uh, and, and I think that, you know, quite frankly, look, I live in Little Rock. My parents live in Boone County. If my parents have an issue and they need to get 911, I want them 100% to be able to get that sure. service and transmit it to a hospital as quickly as possible. Yeah. That hasn't always been the And the, there's, the prop, and the, there's uh, money being sent into that program, and nothing's being done. Right. Right. But I also think, too, you've got to remember, and, and Paul, the fact that this is a uh, have has been mainly uh, 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 monetized by the landline phones. Mm-hmm. We all know that we're moving well away from those landline phones. We've got to do something with cell phone use. Correct. Uh, and so that's a big part of the cost. But this isn't a, I mean, truly, and I think most people that understand this, they know someone, they have had to call 911 on someone at some point somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and they've had good experiences and they've had bad experiences. The, the fact of the matter is we've got to fix this now with the state of Arkansas, because we are a rural state, we've got to be able to fix this to the point where, you know, uh, uh, John Doe can call someone and get an immediate reaction versus Dave Ellswick, please hold. <laughs> I mean, that's not acceptable. I don't have any problems that are going to fix the 911 system. Right. Mine is, is there $8 million in this bill that doesn't need to be there? Well, I think that's what we got to look at. I think we got to look at it and say, okay, how much of this money is, are we using this correctly or are we not? Yeah. How do we use it? And how do we set up this program to make sure that it's reaching all parts of Arkansas? Mm-hmm. Those are all questions that we're having to ask ourselves right now. We have our budget director, Jake Bleed, who's on this. He's looking at it. He's having conversations to say, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean right now? What, is the, what does the fund look like right now? And what do we need to do to make sure that it's, it's strengthened? to a point. Um, I agree with you completely. We need to make sure that money is being used adequately, but at the same time, too, we got to make sure that this is, I mean, every single day that we waste moving towards the sort of uh, solution to this problem is somebody else who has to risk 
calling 911 and being put on hold. That's a huge issue. So is that the reason you think this got tabled, is that people want to know? Because it was at $8 million and the panic button thing suddenly got thrown into it. Well, I think the panic panic button is an issue in and of itself. Uh, But, yeah, absolutely. I think people want to know where exactly this money is going to go and how much more, you know, taxpayers need to fund it. But I do think there is a legitimate... uh, a legitimate question to say, okay, we've been funding it through landlines so long. Don't we need to do it through cell phones? Because most people, and I, I look, and I grew up in a generation where most of my friends have cell phones and no landline. Sure. My wife had, we have no I don't landline. have a landline. Exactly. I haven't it's, for eight years. Exactly. And my, my, my <laughs> I love my parents to death. They have a landline nobody ever calls, and they have a cell phone. Right. And they have a home cell phone. Uh, to make sure that people can get in touch with my dad's a pastor and uh, a first guy just in Harrison. So he obviously with his deacons and his congregation, he needs to be uh, well informed on all that stuff. But our house, we have cell phones, my wife's and mine. And if you're going to call us, you're going to call us on our cell phones. I think there's a legitimate uh, argument to say more needs to put on cell phone usage than landlines because we've moved so far away from it. So I'm, I'm we're understanding it's a dollar forty per. Per device, all right. So, and by that means that if both your kids, a month, right? Yes, a month. Yep, if yep. both of your kids have a cell phone, it's a buck fifty or buck forty per phone line. If you have one and your wife has one, that's another dollar forty each uh, phone. And if you have a tablet, that could be a dollar forty or whatever. So you look at a family of four. Uh, you're looking at four, five, six, seven. A little less than ten bucks. Yeah, about a little under ten dollars a month, or yeah, uh, you know, one twenty a year. Yeah, well, I mean, I think if you look at places like uh, Madison County, <laughs> I mean, the governor got to visit them firsthand to see their nine one one operation there, and it's really fascinating. And it's great; they do a great job. They also need the funding, and and and, and listen, like I'm a conservative through and through. But also want my mother and my father and my in-laws to be able to have the help they need. I mean, my in-laws live out on uh, Highway is it 88 uh, in Mina. Yeah, so they got and, like a fire number on the curb. But but, but the truly, and he's a uh, he he not only owns his own business as far as you know logging uh, uh, timber and things like that, but he also has a ranch. Uh, that he deals with. So if there's something that happens to him on that route, I want to make sure that he sure. has the uh, availability of a 911 operation in MENA to be able to come out and, and, and address those issues. But it's it's not always the fact. And so we've got to get this under control that we serve all parts of Arkansas, yeah, not and just I have, the urban areas. I'm not against the bill. Yeah, I no, want no. you to understand, I'm not against the bill. What I don't want to see is you get these nine small phone companies, and it doesn't even explain why this $8 million is being dedicated to them. Well, and, uh, and I can address that. And it's and not even saying, you know, what they're supposed to do with the money. We're not, well, so you've got to understand, though, too, like you saw Brian Davis's bill, Senator Brian Davis's bill yeah. about um, – uh, broadband, right? We've seen yeah. that, and and it's passed, and it'll be on the governor's desk, and we're going to sign it. There's so many overlaps as far as broadband telecommunications mm-hmm. uh, companies in Arkansas. There just are. There's rural. There's bigger ones. There's, I mean, my goodness. Like when we moved into Hillcrest, Arkansas, or Hillcrest in Little Rock, Arkansas, 
we were be able to we were able to be serviced by Comcast on one side of the street and AT and T uh, Universe on the other side, right? Or Uverse or whatever it is on one side. It's it's very complicated. I think that we have so many of those telecom uh, companies saying that like, we want to do this, but we've got there's a cost to it. And to me, more so than highways and anything else, and I think the governor's perspective would be the same, is that we've got to fix this in order to have the Dave Ellswicks of the world or anyone else that, that calls into a 911. Look, if I call into a 911, I expect to have service and an ambulance on its way immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else feels that way. Yep. But, Dave, you... you underscored in a perfect example of saying that I called 911 they're saying please hold it's like yeah, please hold. don't because I'm right. in yeah. jeopardy yeah. Right. you would have been better off to call the hospital yourself yeah. I right. well that's what well, I'm saying I should have called Uber well, yeah. Yeah, exactly Uber maybe <laughs> right. anyway he's got to have them I'm all just saying but you're right I'm, I'm you're exactly right this. I'm exactly all for right. it I just want to know where no no you're right we've got to make sure and I'll tell you this the governor time and time again has always wanted to look at the cost of things and where the current funding is going where is it going is it going to the right people? Is it not? Do we need more? Let's do it if we need more. But if we don't, let's figure out that whole apparatus there and figure out if the money is going to the right people or if it isn't. Right. That's something that we'll continue to look at. Uh, but the 911 bill, we've got to get it fixed. I think everybody in Arkansas realizes that's an issue and we've got to get it addressed. So. All right. J.R. Davis, we're out of time. Thank you for coming by. Governor Spokesman, next Thursday I'll have some more information on the 911 bill and we'll talk further about it. That's perfect. I'm going to take my coffee-drenched wallet (laughs) and uh, back to my office and try to dry it out. All right. Thank you very much, J.R. We'll be back. We've got more going on here at the Capitol. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show and I'm, I'm hoping that you enjoyed that last hour with J.R. Davis because, you know, this whole thing about the highway bill that the governor has going, I understand they're in the 11th hour. Look, it should have been voted and made and gone to the governor's uh, desk today, but somebody's uh, name or something came off of it. It happened to be uh, Brian Smith, Brian Smith. Okay. And for some reason, it it didn't appear on the bill which meant that they couldn't vote on it. And uh, so they're going to vote on it the next time they get together, which will not be until Monday. All right. So you got several days now here. You know, it just seems like to me that what the governor could do on this, and I think this is a huge win for him if, if he'll do it. And, uh, you know, there's kind of a fracture in the Republican Party, so to speak, uh, here in the state about, you know, for the people who are hardcore, true conservatives and others that big government is okay for them. They don't have any problem with it. Right. Some people and, don't and want to raise taxes. And, and, you know, to come under uh, and be, you know, a, a conservative uh, fiscal uh, a Republican, if you could t- take Mayberry's bill, and I don't know, meld these two bills together if necessary, and not have to raise taxes. That would be a huge win for the governor. Now, would it mean that he'd have to wait for a while uh, to sign something? Yes, because it would take some time to put it together. Did it take time to put this together? I'm sure it did. Sure. Is there a possibility it all could shake apart? There's always a possibility. But 
I think if the people of the state would put enough pressure on the people here in these hallways, they could get it taken care of without raising the uh, uh, the necessary uh, uh, taxes that they want to do uh, do it with. And of course, Jr. brought up something that I was sure that he would bring up, and that is if you if you take the uh, sales tax on new car sales and on used car sales and the t- sales tax on batteries and tires and all well, that and you funding. put you put all that into just roads then somebody is not going to get the funding that they were expecting so what do you do that's where i said well why why can't we cut spending for a little bit, everybody here in the federal and not federal state government by one percent. That's going to easily cover all that, and you and I and everybody else across the state won't even notice it. I'm just telling you, you won't even notice it. Unfortunately, though, I think the problem is that the reality is that. They actually want to grow government instead. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. Here's here, here's what I don't buy about that. Is I believe they would like to shrink government. I think all of them would like to shrink government, but they're scared to shrink. Government. I think you may be right, and I think I, I think, but but the the plan is to grow government right now. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's a, that's a problem. That's what this I, I would product like to, is going to do. I would like to see some strong leadership. Is that Hester right to? I'm not seeing him. Oh that's, no, that's Walmart. That's Walmart. Yeah. Okay. Or, or, or they favorite? look alike. Well, and they're philosophically they're pretty similar too. I think. But so so the the, the problem is that while we could cut government, it would take. Some some courage to do so, and and I think it just takes political will. It's and, and, no and courage think, involved in taking one percent of what you're spending on the government away. They know that. Well, and it's uh, where do we find the political will to do it? I don't know. I don't either. I've been asking. It's frustrating. Look, I've been doing it since 2003 when the Democrats had it, and now with the Republicans have it, and I'm not seeing the political will from either party to really get in and do that. Now, a lot of it, I, you know, I don't want to say that it's all Ace's problem. It's not. It's However, not. he is the leader of the party. He is the governor. And if he would stand up in both chambers and say, hey, we need to do this and say why we need to do this, it get done. I think you're right. I think it would. And, and the reverse of that is also true when he, when he asks. For, when you for, don't, when you ter- turn around and say, I'm not going to ask for a 1% cut. Right. Here's what we're saying. Hold on to a half cent sales tax, mm-hmm. uh, three cents on, on gas, three, uh, six cents on diesel percentage or whatever. And then uh, we're going to go in and get some gambling money and we're going to get this right. kind of money and that kind of money. And we're going to cobble this all together. And that's the way we're going to be able to do the uh, do all this now. Look, I'm of the opinion they're, they're afraid, well, what about uh, this, uh, you know, what if the car sales go down, now we don't have enough money for the highways. That's where the gambling money comes in. Now you go get the gambling money, and you can patch up places that you, 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 you break a leak. You know, does it sound like I'm trying to, I'm doing a stump speech or something? A bottom line, works, works I'm just me. It really is. I think if the governor wanted that that thing, but that's not really who the governor is. He's never been that kind of person, as far as I can tell. He didn't run on that platform. He's more of a moderate, um, 
individuals when it comes to spending and, and economic development and whatever else. And I don't expect it from him, but I do wish that the legislators themselves would stand up and actually advocate on, on a large scale um, for, for, for actual cuts. Let's have some why can't we why aren't we talking about 10 percent cuts? Let's at least talk about 10% cuts and then pare them down if, if necessary. But I'm not seeing that kind of stuff. I'm not seeing the stuff like Donald Trump does where he asks for big things and then negotiates from there. Why is it that so many times the Republicans are asking for little bitty tiny things and then negotiate away? Yeah, I would probably say the highest end that I would I would shoot for is five percent. That's a, that's then, a good and start, then, and then go from there. That's a, and I know that I'm not even going to get five percent no, because there's one percent scares them. I can only imagine right. with five percent. Well, I did. Let's I saw what five. I saw what happened to Charlie Collins at one time when we were on the air, and I said ten percent. I, I was afraid I was going to have to use the paddles on <laughs> I really was. I thought his heart was the going. paddles. Yeah, I mean, he just looked at me and he said, no, we can't do that. Well, you can do whatever you will damn please if you got the, the, the you know, the, the fortitude to do it. You can, we can do it. We can do it. The, the fact is that we had, what was it, back during Huckabee, we had, the state was running on about a billion dollars. Government was too big back then. It really was too big back then. Now we've got, now it's gone up about five hundred percent. When we hit, point. when we hit a billion dollars, I'll never forget that because a lot of people were stunned uh, by it. They were but the state was that big. yeah that they were and, they, and were, now they were paying that much. That and you know what? Everybody uh, on the Republican side was complaining about the uh, uh, the high taxes and the high spending of the government. And now where are we? We're at $5.6 billion. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'll make a statement here. If if BB had proposed this highway bill, every Republican here would be fighting against it. I'm just saying, Hopefully. every. well, I just believe that every one of them would be fighting against it. And they need to think about that yeah. no I, I mean I, I understand asa is a republican and i you know and i i like asa i think he's done a he's done an admirable job i just don't think that he has been you know um aggressive enough and this is not going to turn us into kansas they bring up kansas because kansas did some very aggressive things and didn't take smart moves to keep it from imploding part of their state government, which it did, and then they had to raise taxes and all kinds of stuff. This will not do Kansas. You know, will it, might somebody lose their job? You know what? Somebody might lose their job. But there's a lot of Arkansans sitting out there that, are, that can say, I've lost my job, and I figured out something to do after I lost my job. A government employee can do the exact same thing. A government job should not say to the person who's getting it, I'm going to keep it no matter what. A government job should not be like a welfare program that you get because you're entitled to it. It, It's Sorry, you you should be working for the government on the idea that, you know what, if government changes, I might lose my job. And so that's okay. 
the fact is that somebody might figure out a way to, to, to do away with the way I make a living. Well, I know some people I can figure out something that work in the government say, well, as long as blank party is in control, I should be okay. But if another party takes over, I probably won't because, you know, it's, they get the... The victor go the spoils, as the old saying goes. Okay, let's take a break. Uh, Mark Johnson has been peeking around the corner every so often. I'm going to try to get him to come back here around, find out what it is he wants to talk about. We were supposed to have uh, Senator Hester on, uh-huh. and he has not shown up. We're hoping that he'll show up. Uh, but And we'll come back. i got more to say about uh, this bill and the 911 bill because I want to make sure that everybody understood what I was saying about the 911 bill is that I was not saying we don't need the 911 bill, but I was saying there are some things in the 911 bill I want some answers on before the 911 bill passes into law. That's what I want to know. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more. PR Roofing Home Solutions, excited to announce that it's acquired Tommy's uh, gutter cleaning services. So now they'll take the same professionalism they have for working on your roof and do the home repairs that they do and put it on your gutters. You can learn more about that at piroofing.com. And if you've been using Tommy's gutter cleaning services, know now that you get uh, the great uh, professionalism of PI Roofing and their team to come out to your home and, uh, you know, put a new roof on your home if you need it. If they have a hailstorm sometime in the near future or whatever, you can get your uh, your roof fixed. And uh, maybe if you've got a stain on your roof from a leak or you've got an area that uh, is showing uh, that it's rotten through, uh, they can come out and fix that for you as well. Again, for all of the information on uh, using PI Roofing, go to piroofing.com. More coming your way here from the uh, 92nd General Assembly on the Dave Ellswick Show, third floor, house side, right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, if you're having problems with an older car like I was, a nine-year-old Acadia, and uh, the transmission goes out on it, the best thing that you can do, uh, is instead of buying a, um, you know, buying yourself a, a brand new car, uh, or going to some place where they're going to use OEM parts to fix your car, is to go to Sunny's Auto because you're going to pay about fifty percent less, if not more, to get uh, your automobile taken care of by uh, by going over to Sunny's than going somewhere that they're going to use OEM parts for you. And now, what's the difference? OEM's a rebuilt part, typically, so it's almost uh, as good as new. Where uh, Sunny's, what they have for you, auto salvage, is they take, a, take out a, um, let's say you need a, the, the transmission, they're going to take that out of a car that's been totaled. And that, uh, that transmission was working, uh, you know, perfectly when the car was uh, destroyed. So they take the, the, the transmission out of the totaled car and they run it through a bunch of diagnostic testing to make sure that it's working 
perfectly like it should be working and they charge you about half price maybe a little less for it and they put it in your car and now you're on your way and instead of paying you know uh five thousand six thousand dollars you paid uh two thousand dollars for the uh the piece the transmission and all the labor and you get a warranty and you get a guarantee and uh, you're back on the road again in a couple of days same amount of time you'd be doing it if you took it somewhere else and you save a lot of money and you don't you didn't go out and buy a new car and now you're carrying uh, you know a, a, a cost of a payment every month of every uh, you know of every year for five six seven years you don't have to do that just makes sense to me and that's the way i've been doing it with my car i put a transmission i put a a motor i put on a rear uh, taillight. I mean, I've gone as far as going to a taillight, and the taillight cost me 25 bucks and had it put on. If I bought a new one, it's almost $200. So, uh, big difference. So give him a call. Talk to R.D. Or, or talk to one of his associates that work for him there at Sunny's Auto Salvage, and they're going to do everything they can to get your car up to 100% again and save you a whole lot of money. 982-7451 is their number. 982-7451. All right, Dave Ellswick Show. We are at the uh, third floor of the uh, state capitol on the House side. Uh, the politicians are slowly straggling out of the House chamber, Have came out in a stampede on the Senate side, and they're done for this week, and uh, so you can take your hand off your wallet for a few days until Monday when they will reconvene and start talking about what's the best way to be spending the money of the people of Arkansas. So just keep that in mind. And we've been today. I thought we we had a great uh, segment with uh, J.R. Davis and brought up some questions for him, and I thought that he answered to the best of his ability for the governor today about what they're doing and in the big i think the biggest uh thing that was uh made today is that the difference between uh state representative julie mayberry's bill and the governor's bill is that uh mayberry's bill came up late in the session considering the highway since the governor's bill was already basically you know all polished and and, uh, you know, cleaned and washed and everything, and it was ready to run. Right, and, and, and Mayberry's bill is going to have some hurdles because it's, it's going to cut into some other programs, and that's okay, but it, it, it's, it, you got to deal with the, with the pigs as they're with, screaming. You gotta, yeah, you got to deal with the fallout of that. Right, right. Because part of that deal back in 2013 was a 1% cut in government. And the argument then is the same argument now, and that is, you know, government has grown every year. Can we not go back and, and, and look at a 1% cut? Let's, let's just look at a 1% cut now. If we went back four years, let's just say, uh, in the state government, would we have the same amount of spending as we would have now? And if we did, then a 1% cut is a no-brainer. Because I sit here right now, and I can't say that I've seen anything that has changed. Has our li- have our lives improved that, that much? Yeah, over the, over or the have last... they changed that much over four years? And I would say no. No, I, I can't name anything that it's has changed. Better. 
Well, the, I'm not going to say the government that, standpoint. Yeah, I'm just saying that whatever they're doing, I can't tell they've done anything different. I think I see a few more. Except maybe Arkansas works. Well, there's that. And, and I think maybe there may be a few more police out there writing people tickets for stuff that... that, that they Man, I don't know. I don't yeah, see uh, that either. I, I think I maybe noticed a little more of that. I, actually, I think it's maybe probably more on the um, commercial side. Um, but otherwise, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we could easily make a 1% cut and we'd all survive. No, I th- for the I, most part. I mean, I think we can be more than one percent cut. I'll <laughs> I be agree. honest with you, but you know, I'm I'm just saying one percent, and then we don't have to raise taxes or anything right. to build to build highways. Uh, news, and we'll come back. We'll talk more with you in just a moment. Interesting uh, story from the Hill today, and talking about the uh, Speaker of the House in the Federal House. That would be Nancy Pelosi. Uh, she'll soon have to make one of the biggest decisions of her political career, whether for them uh, to try to impeach Donald Trump. Starting uh, impeachment proceedings seems unlikely to end in a Senate conviction, given the two-thirds majority needed in a body that Republicans control with a 53 to 47 majority, and they would need two-thirds, 75 Votes? Uh, That's 66. 66, all right. So, or maybe 67, I guess. 67. So you would have to peel off almost 20 Republican Democrats. votes. No, no, no. Oh, peel, peel away. Oh, 20, yeah, yeah, 20 Republicans uh, to make it happen, and that's not going to happen. So that makes it a tricky political proposition, especially as Democrats are now eyeing 2020. Uh, and they think uh, they can beat Trump and stop uh, the Trump era, leave Democrats in control of Congress and the White House. That scenario would leave Pelosi with a chance at scoring some sweeping policy achievements on health care and climate change in her last years in Washington. But that could be stopped dead. I want to let's be honest here. Let's say Pelosi gets state holds the House, gets the presidency, but uh, the Republicans still hold the Senate. She gets nothing. She gets squats. Yeah. Yeah. Republicans will stop it dead when they when he gets over if, to the if Senate. She, if she does go ahead and impeach Trump, it might be, along with AOC, that might be the, the best thing that's happened to the Republican Party in a, in a, in a long time from a, from a strategic standpoint because the Democrats are just standing there making fools of themselves. Okay, so the Hill went on to say that people who have worked closely with the Speaker believe she will take the more pragmatic approach and not move to impeach Trump, barring a bombshell finding from special counsel Robert Mueller. And everything that's leaking out from his report is that there's nothing there about collusion or anything. There's nothing that's impeachable in there. Don't think that has stopped the Democrats if they wanted to. They say the speaker is focused on the Democratic agenda ahead of the 2020 election. And she says Democrats like to govern. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, that's, a, and, that's, that's, and, that's one of the big problems with their them. policies. And they, so they, they want to govern and they, they mean to rule. So they're saying that the risk of impeachment is that it could backfire. If the public turns on Pelosi's party for focusing on Trump and impeachment instead of legislating and governing, it could give new political momentum to Trump. And let me stop there. As far as I could see it, I don't think the majority of Americans 
want much of the ideas of the future of America run by Democrats, as they've seen thus far now that they've had the House. Well, with the with the new green, so-called Green New Deal thing, is that I, I think that's pretty fringe. No, you, even it's at, even at, more, at this, more, it's more than point. just fringe. I, I, I think it's still you know, there's there's a growing population that likes that sort of thing, but I, I think it's still on the fringe. So what they're saying is it's not unimaginable. That Trump could win four more years and get even more Republican senators and the House flipping. Though for Pelosi and Democrats, that's the nightmare scenario. And I think when you got uh, you know, uh, Ortiz, Ortiz and some of the others that are bringing up some of this crazy stuff and you've got uh, three, four, five of the people that are running for president on the uh, the left, are far far leftists and socialists. I don't. I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think America's ready to be be socialist. Trump late last year said he believes impeachment would play to his advantage. It's hard to impeach somebody who hasn't done anything wrong, and who's created the greatest economy in the history of our country. Trump said, adding, the people would revolt if that happened. Well, what would be the, the revolt? It would be all the people that wouldn't go to the polls and throw every Democrat out they could think of. Uh, there are plenty of signals that Pelosi is leaning against impeachment despite, and where's the pressure coming? It says, despite intense uh, pressure from parts of the blank base. What blank base? The very, very liberal base of their of their uh, party, and that's where their problems are coming up for this race in 2020. Um, they see it as the party's duty to impeach Trump and who aren't interested in waiting. Democrats didn't campaign on impeachment last fall. Instead, they talked about their agenda, health care, voting rights, and campaign finance reform at the top of the list. And a lot of these people, that health care uh, they may not have as many people behind them as they think they do. Well, I think one of the things may be that some of the, the very vocal Democrats do want this very far left fringe um, socialism stuff slash global warming hysteria. And I, I think that might kind of guide the party on some level, but I think it's liable to scare a lot of their voters. Yeah, and just keep in mind here that uh, the person that they put in charge... Now, the House Judiciary Committee was, uh, was his name, I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's a centrist. Mm. And they put him in charge. They didn't put, you know, Cortez. They didn't put, you know, Omar, or they didn't put uh, Talib uh, in there. And uh, that drew rebukes from both sides of the aisle. Uh, in fact, from... Talab, it drew a lot of rebukes when uh, she said, and you all remember this happened about six weeks ago, we're going to impeach the MFR. And uh, now she's apologized for saying that. Uh, Pelosi cut deals with George W. Bush on energy, education, ethics reform, national security during. Her previous speakership wants to make a compelling argument that voters should keep Democrats in control of the House because of their legislating, but that leaves a very narrow window given a shutdown and government funding fight that ate up January and much of February. 
the first Democratic presidential debate, which will really usher in the 2020 political science deal, is happening in June. Wow. That's four months. Wow. Four months. Well, it should be fun. The next six to nine months after that, or, or the part time now, which is about five, gives them about four months to move bills is the best opportunity. And uh, they might be able to strike some deals on infrastructure or prescription drug pricing before politics make anything virtually virtually impossible. So are these are these debates going to be sort of like a Saturday Night Live show? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Be. I don't know exactly what to expect because we don't know everybody that's it's going to awesome. run. And right. right now we've got a bunch of them. There's less running right now than most people thought would be running right now. I, I know that much. So we're just going to have to see uh, how how it all plays out. I mean, we got Warren. Uh, you've got, uh, who else you got? You got, I mean, Cortez is not running, but who's on you? Warren, uh, Kamala Davis, right? I can't remember. Out from I out there maybe. in California. I think there's there's like 12 of them. If wow. I'm, I mean, uh, Bernie's running. Biden hasn't made up his mind, he says, but uh, I think he has. I think he's going to run. And there's a bunch of them. I mean, just a bunch of them. Uh, the guy used to be mayor down in San Antonio is is running. And there's just a bunch. And most of those that are running are very far left. And I don't think they can get the, the majority of the voting uh, public. This is kind of this is kind of setting up to be Richard Nixon versus McGovern again. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm how I kind of follow politics and make up my mind of who I think is going to win. Because mm-hmm. I I saw this last election as Donald Trump versus Jimmy Carter, uh, and and he wasn't and, and as if and Carter wasn't running again. Okay, you had Hillary Clinton. Who had been like if Rosalind Carter had run, so who was, you know, tied to the hip of the person who was leaving, uh, you know, yeah, the, office. They really wasn't very popular or very competent. Well, you not. I don't think that the Democrats showed themselves to be uh, overall competent uh, during that time, and and the policies they were running were leftist, socialist programs, mm-hmm. and the people of America did not like them. And uh, so now we get to the same run, perhaps, and we get, you know, we, we have Trump, who, like Nixon, has a lot of detractors. I mean, uh, a lot of detractors. And then you've got, uh, you know, running, uh, you got Trump running. And uh, for his flaws, he's still viewed more favorable than the person who's carrying the banner for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. So... And 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 well, look Trump, and Trump, look. The Trump. bottom line is is that McGovern lost big. I'm not talking kind of big. I'm talking big, big in the electoral well, college. Philosophically, I think Trump is fairly mainstream America. He, he's not far right. He's he's not far left, obviously. But he's a lot of people relate to him. He's kind of rough around the edges, but a lot of people are kind of rough around the edges. And, and people like that. People kind of get a kick out of his, um, some of his... His antics. His antics. He's kind of brash. He's kind of yeah. 
and, and braggadocious. And people kind of like that. It's it's. I, I'm not a big fan of it, but but a lot of people do that. I'm kind of the more policy wonk type person that I want to know the nitty gritty of politics. And that's just not most Americans. I think you and I are not are exceptions in that regard. We care about actual hardcore policies on stuff. Most Americans do not have the time to deal with that. And um, that's kind of where we are as a people in America right now. And and Donald Trump kind of fits that niche, if you will. And it's not really a niche. It's a big, it's a big market for that kind of idea. All right. We'll be coming back in a moment. We just saw Mark Johnson again. He may be visiting, may not be visiting. <laughs> I, I think he, he's coming back. He but. came up close to sitting down, and then he went, wait, and then he walked away yeah, again. So, we'll, so see. we'll see what happens. Stick around. we got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. We are back with you for the final segment here in the 3 o'clock hour. 4 o'clock hour. We're going to hear from Kerry Martin. I don't know if he's going to get here on time or if he's going to have to call us to talk to us about uh, his gun show coming up uh, this weekend. I understand that would be that Kerry he's Murphy, Dave. Murphy, I meant, not Martin. Uh, so that he can get, uh, get here in time to talk about what's going on. Uh, with his gun show coming up in Saline County over the weekend at the Benton uh, Center. So, you know, we'll keep our fingers crossed that he lands and he can get here to the Capitol. Uh, final hour today is a, is a replay of the first hour of the show uh, with J.R. Davis, the governor's uh, spokesman, uh, and he was doused with coffee and uh, <laughs> is here now. We'll, we'll be on the air with us at 5 o'clock, and you can hear that whole story when you join him. But we talked a lot about highways, and we talked a lot about the highway department, and we talked a lot about uh, the uh, 911 bill that's going uh, through. Uh, it's gone through the Senate, going through the House now. Kind of interesting bill. Nobody knows exactly where, you know, what, why $8 million is going to nine phone companies. Uh, here in the state, and nobody can answer that question. Maybe we'll get that question answered on Monday when Stephen Meeks, who is the head of the technology uh, committee uh, for the House, will be with us here um, to talk about it. So hopefully we'll get some answers. But, there, you know, as we got a few answers about the governor's highway and about Mayberry's highway proposal, too. It seems to me, though... The proposals of how to get money for the highways uh, right now is not the biggest question out there. Seems like to me the biggest question is, what do you do with a uh, Arkansas agency that's not working correctly, and that even members of the uh, House and the Senate don't believe? What they're saying, right? Well, and it's, it's a mess, and, and it's sort of like, well, sort of, kind of our thing is that we think the state's wasting money right now. I'm not willing to support giving them more until there's some evidence they're going to stop wasting what we give them. I mean, but, but is it? And that's the question: Is it the you know? Is it the the legislature that is mandating the waste. No, they're not. It seems to be what we're being told. Department. It's the highway department. I mean, I I agree uh, with that for the simple reason that they said that you know, like I thirty, the, the interchange over the river was going to take uh, like thirty. What was it? 
$300 million. And then by the time they get to the end of it now, before they even start, they're almost at a billion dollars. How do you spend that much money on, what is it, six or seven miles worth of interstate? Yeah, I, I, mean, I agree. It's, it's really I mean, that's something. I understand it's going to be kind of a pain in the neck to build that, but... Well, I know it's going to be a pain in the neck to make the changes. Oh, I'm sure. The, the insular internal changes that are going to be necessary within the highway department to get this changed. This is going to be all-out war well, amongst uh, the legislators. They, they, they're a pretty big chunk of the Arkansas um, tax budget, I guess. And so, we're, we're, yeah, there's a lot of power struggle, though. There's a, there's a, to, to get people to give up that kind of power... Is, is asking a lot. Well, I think that they're going to have to throw it out and they're going to have to build something totally new right. to make part, it happen. Part of the problem is I think we've got a lot of people in office, bureaucrats or elected officials, that like power. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would rather have government officials that don't want their job. Well, that's a, part of, that's a part of... Of this, everybody wants their job. Well, everybody they, wants to be secure, Paul. I understand they do, but I I want you know if I if I'm a police officer or if I'm a, an undertaker, if I make my living based off of the the fact that bad people or bad things happen to people, <laughs> I, I should make it my goal to to work myself out of a job. And and in so many cases with government, government works to solve problems. And if the problems get fixed. Then you have you, you, then you can get rid of a lot of government employees. When people work for government, if they're not in, if their goal is not to fix the problems, they're the wrong person for the job. I mean, I want people working in the government that would like to work themselves out of a job. That would be awesome because so much of what our government does is deal with problems. If they could eliminate drunk driving, that would be awesome. But it would put a lot of people out of work. That would be cool, though. Any government official who wants to keep their job, maybe they're the person who analyzes um, some of the the, um, the blood tests for people who drive drunk. If you could eliminate that need, that would be cool. But and, and fire five people. Those people should be glad to lose their jobs because of the need going away. Except that they don't think that way. I know they don't think. Here's that what way. they think. They think if I if I'm able to. To take care of that solution, why can't they move me somewhere else to take care of the next solution maybe, that maybe, needs to be and, taken care of? And things, if they're good at their job, maybe that'll happen. But in the meantime, if, if, if but I... But if there's a maybe, if there's a maybe and not a yes, this is what, you know, you're going to continue making enough money that you can support your family, why would they try to... Fix the problem completely. Right, and that's a that's a serious problem. That's a, I mean, that's a human problem. It is man. a human problem. It's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a human nature problem. But the fact is, there are. That's some, why I don't there, see anybody changing. There it. are some government officials around here. I think that they don't like. It's like I think Senator Alan Clark would tell you that he would rather be home doing his thing there in Hot Springs. But he feels like he's doing. He feels like he can help the state. I, I don't. He he doesn't need the money. He feels I'm sure like he loses money he's, I feel this. he's doing. You know the people's work. Right, and I, and I and I think he's 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 working toward that. And I think he would love to work himself out of a job. Yeah, it ain't going to happen because, and far longer after I and you both have had dirt thrown in our faces, mm-hmm. this place will still be here. Afraid so. 
Yeah, that is the way that that works. All right, hopefully Mark Johnson will be back. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And then, uh, you know, maybe you know, there's other people Carrie will be back. Too, huh? You know, Carrie Murphy will be with us uh, somehow, either calling in or stopping by uh, to talk about the uh, the gun show coming up this weekend, what you can expect, uh, how many, you know, different displays we're going to have and things of that nature. But we're going to come uh, to your, your help right now and give you five minutes of news so that you can catch up on what's going on in the world, and then I'll be back uh, what effectively will be our final hour uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show, live hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show today, because the 5 o'clock hour, again, is the repeat of the first hour I had with J.R. Davis from the governor. You really should listen to it. There's a lot of interesting debate there between J.R. and I. I I really think if the governor would would, you know, hold a presser, have the media come in and say, you know, we're going to hold on this, on my my highway plan. We want to vet Mayberry's highway plan because if it's a better plan and it will keep me from having to raise taxes, that's what I want to do. That would be cool. Boy, that would be huge. It would be huge for the Republican Party as well. I think it would help. All right, that's a break. We'll be back with more. After the news, which is up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show, we're covering the 92nd General Assembly. We're on the third floor of the Capitol House side. We'll be back with more in a moment. Ah, An interesting piece of legislation has come up in Washington, D.C. New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker introduced legislation to end the federal prohibition on marijuana today. Joined by a series of other announced and potential Democratic 2020 presidential hopefuls, including... Okay, now, I've got some some more names here that I was trying to remember a moment ago. Elizabeth Warren, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, Bernie Sanders, and Kamala Harris. Harris's support seemingly cemented her full-scale reversal on the issue. In 2010, Harris was among a handful of lawmakers, including then-Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, to oppose Proposition 19, a measure to legalize uh, recreational marijuana and allow it to be sold and taxed. Then San Francisco's district attorney, Harris, called Proposition 19 a, quote, flawed public policy. The move comes as polling increasingly shows widespread national support for legalizing the drug. A Fox News poll last year showed that 59% of voters support legalizing marijuana, up from 51% in 2015 and 46% in 2013. Think about that. In 2013, just five years ago, it was 46%, and now it's 59%. It it never should have been... A federal issue. It was unconstitutional for them to ever make it illegal federally. I mean, it's it's just wrong, and they definitely should take it off. Okay, only 26% favor making smoking marijuana legal in 2001. Wow. Think about that in 18 years, went from uh, 26% to now 40 or 59%. Wow. That's, that's an incredible that jump. That is pretty, pretty big. Uh, that just shows you how many baby boomers now 
Still well, yeah, a lot. Well, a lot of their parents yeah. have, have died off at this point. I think. Yeah, the and greatest generation moved on. The, they've. Yeah. So the uh, the war on drugs has not been a war on drugs. It's been a war on people, disproportionately people of color, and low income individuals. Says Booker. The Marijuana Justice Act seeks to reverse decades of this unfair, unjust, and failed policy by removing marijuana from the list of controlled substances and making it legal at the federal level. Booker went on to say, but it's not enough to simply decriminalize marijuana. We must also repair the damage caused by reinvesting in those communities that have been most harmed by the war on drugs. We must expunge the records of those who have served their time. The end we seek is not just legalization, it's, quote, justice. Booker's bill was co-sponsored not only by Harris, Sanders, and Gillibrand and Warren, but also by Senators Ron Wyden, Jeff Merkley, and Michael Bean, all Democrats from um, Oregon, Oregon, and Colorado. Millions of Americans' lives have been devastated because of our broken marijuana policies, especially in communities of color and low-income communities, said Gillibrand. I'm proud to work with Senator Booker on his legislation to help fix decades of injustice caused by our nation's failed drug policies. Added Sanders, as I said during my 2016 campaign, Hundreds of thousands of people are arrested for possession of marijuana every single year. Many of these people, disproportionately people of color, have seen their lives negatively impacted because they have criminal records as a result of marijuana use. That has got to change. We must end the absurd situation of marijuana being listed as a Schedule One drug alongside heroin. It's time to decriminalize marijuana, expunge past marijuana convictions, and end the failed war on drugs. For her part, Harris echoed Booker's sentiments, seemed uh, seemingly embraced her changed views on marijuana, despite her past opposition to legalizing the drug. The former California Attorney General recently boasted about smoking weed as a college student on a popular New York City-based radio program, The Breakfast Club, telling the hosts uh, that she's inhaled from a joint a long time ago. I think it gives a lot of people joy, and we need more joy in the world, Harris added, claiming she used to listen to Snoop Dogg and Tupac, though they didn't release their albums during Harris's college years <laughs> while she reportedly got high. Hmm. In co-sponsoring Booker's bill on Thursday, Harris, like Booker, suggested that prohibitions on the drug disproportionately affect black men. Quote, uh, I don't know if I'd agree with that totally now. One time in our country, in the 50s, I probably would have. Marijuana laws in this country have not been applied equally, and as a result, we have criminalized marijuana use in a way that has led to the disproportionate incarceration of young men of color. It's time to change that. This is according to Harris. Legalizing marijuana is the smart thing to do, the right thing to do in order to advance justice and equality for every American. Warren, meanwhile, added marijuana should be legalized. We should wipe clean the records of those unjustly jailed for minor marijuana. See, let me just stop there. 
no one was unjustly jailed. It was the law at the time. So if you were arrested because the law said marijuana was illegal at that time, then you were not unjustly put behind bars. Well, they, they would, they would, their argument would be better if they would argue this is unconstitutional. It's always been unconstitutional. They're not making that argument, unfortunately. But Republicans should be willing to make that argument. Okay. By outlaw, outlawing marijuana, the federal government puts communities of color, small businesses, public health, and safety at risk. Last year, California became the largest legal U.S. marijuana marketplace. Massachusetts opened the first recreational shops on the East Coast. Canada legalized it in most provinces, and Mexico's Supreme Court recognized the rights of individuals to use marijuana, moving the country closer to broad legalization. New Hampshire lawmakers on Wednesday gave preliminary approval to legalizing recreational marijuana, dismissing public safety and health concerns on a path to join scores of other states that have passed similar cannabis measures. Ten states have legalized recreational marijuana now, including the three bordering New Hampshire, while New York, New Jersey, and others are considering it later this year. Yeah, I think Republicans. So maybe they should go back and uh, on the highway bill, put an amendment in uh, saying that whenever uh, recreational marijuana becomes legal, it will automatically, of course, become legal in Arkansas. And uh, we should give X amount of percentage of the taxation on marijuana to the highway fund. Just saying. Just saying. They could. They they could, um, I don't know. But at the end of the day, I, I don't. I, I think I understand maybe why the Democrats aren't making the argument that it was a constitutional issue. They, they don't they care about go, that. They would have to go further with. Come it. Come on, but here's the thing: they don't care. You're probably right. They don't care about that. They care about this is going to get them a well, whole bunch, a buttload of, of votes. Is what it's going well, to do. And, and the thing is, constitutionally, though, it's a good thing to do. I think it, it was. It never should have been illegal on the federal level, especially. It'll be interesting to see if Republicans get on board with it. Making an up or down vote. I don't see where yeah. that hurts anything. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's, it's just Republicans should be in favor of this. If, if Republicans actually believe in the Constitution, they should be in favor of getting marijuana off the the federal um, list, along with the other drugs as well, because those those, those should not be a federal issue either. And it'll nah, be but you I doubt if you'll hear... Any Democrat saying, and that goes along with cocaine and heroin. You probably, you probably, you might get Bernie Sanders to say it, or maybe. No, I don't, you won't yeah, even get him to him. say it. You know, they all know what happened to Paul when he, Ron, you know, Ron I mean, Paul. he's the one. Ron Paul Ron said Paul. that legal, you know, right. you should legalize marijuana or heroin. In fact, mm-hmm. see, that's what I always said about about his racing for the White House is that he would make great fiscal. Arguments, and then it would look like he put on an aluminum cap and would say something. And while we're at it, let's legalize heroin. Well, and that, and that's the thing is that if you're going to be principled, that's kind of where you'd go with it. I mean, we have fentanyl right now is legal. Fentanyl is way more powerful than heroin, but but heroin's still illegal. Uh, it's it's legal in the hands of a physician. Right. right. All right. Not in anybody's you're, you're, hands. You're, you're right. It is legal in the hands of physicians. But, but heroin's not even, illegal, not even legal in the hands of physicians, and yet fentanyl is way more powerful. I've actually used fentanyl with my father back when he had cancer. 
He, he had fentanyl. No, you it said your a, father. You said yeah, wait, yeah, I didn't. The way it. you <laughs> just said that did not come out well, the way I know that no, you no, meant no, no. to say so, it. So I, I think I actually helped apply it to my father. He had, had patches. Okay. And so I, actually, I, I used it not for myself, but with, right. with my father. And yeah, so he, you gave he it was, for I, your I, father I, to relieve I, his I administered it cancer somewhat, pain. I think. And so, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a very powerful drug, and it's it's used it's used, but it's a useful drug, and um. But that's just kind of one of those things that, that you know, the marijuana is just, it should be a no-brainer to legalize it federally. All right. We got a break. We got to do that. Let me remind you, you can learn the little-known strategies that could help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a new tax reduction analysis. I've been ballyhooing this now for several months, and you really need to listen to this. It's from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial. You hear him on uh, Saturdays right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. He's on uh, 10 o'clock and then again at 3 o'clock. And uh, David uh, had several books published now. He's right here in Little Rock. And what this free analysis will reveal is the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. If you'll listen to David, I'm going to tell you, he really is going to save you thousands of dollars. To get your free analysis, be one of the first 10 callers at 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. One more time, 501-653-6690. Dave Ellswick Show, here from the Capitol. More in a moment. All right, hey, we are down to about uh, six minutes to the end of this uh, half of the uh, 4 o'clock hour on Dave Ellswick Show. Kerry uh, called me, Murphy, from the highway. Uh, he's getting closer, so got a good possibility he'll be here at the Capitol. So we'll look forward to seeing him uh, after the news at the bottom of the hour. If not, uh, Russ, be aware that he may be calling you, and if he does, we'll put him on the line and get him on the phone and talk to him about what's going on uh, as far as the car show going on, the car, the uh, gun show that's going on uh, this weekend down in the Benton Pride area. It'll be at the uh, Benton uh, layout that they got down there by um, the uh, movie house is where they'll set it up, the event center down there. So you can go down there and and uh, go see all the guns, and maybe there's something there you want to buy. They'll have, you know, silencers and everything else. Now, what they usually do in silencers, they've got to sell it to you, and then they got to push it through all of the federal paperwork for you to get it, so you probably won't be have it in your hand to put it on your for gun. For several months. For uh, probably four or five months is what that's, I've been hearing. That's nuts. Just, yeah, well, I just, agree. It's just so you can put thing. a muffler on the end of your gun. Yeah. That's uh, dumb. Yeah. Well, you can be arrested. For not, you, you can get in trouble for not having a muffler on your car. But and they'll, they'll, they'll arrest you for having a muffler on your gun if you don't go through the proper channels. That's nuts. Well, it is the way of America. It is. Because they want to they slow anything up that has to do with guns. And let me just remind you, most of those bills and most of those laws were put into effect by... Democrats, mm. you know, or dummycrats, if you want to call them that's that. That's frustrating. Yeah, well, it's what they do is frustrating. It is. You, know, you know, I think that everybody has to understand that the the whole thing about legalizing marijuana 
has nothing to do with equality. All right. It has everything to do with votes. I mean, look, if, if you're Cory Booker, here's what you know. If I'm the candidate that's going to legalize pot, how many you know young people will vote for me yeah. just so they can you may be see right. uh, a, pot get legal? Well, I know I'm right about this. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's why get, get millennial votes. I'm going to say this is the this is the reason why. In states across the union, when they have state referendums and things, things like gay marriage mm-hmm. and things of that nature would get put on the ballots so that they, if a state was trying to, I thought they could push uh, one party or another party into, into control of that state, they would run specialty legislation, legislation to get more people right. that would be supporting Democrats or Republicans, whomever right. was kind of in control, to get more votes. Mm-hmm. That's the reason well, they did it. I mean, look, it, it's not because they care about you. <laughs> if you ever think that the government cares about you, you know, go sober up before you, you go to the poll. I'm just, I'm just saying it has nothing to do. Harry Brown was the best about this. Harry Brown was a libertarian, ran for uh, president twice. And one of the best things he ever saw, said, the government are the people who break your legs and, and then show purpose. you and then show up a couple of weeks later and give you crutches and say, here, I'm here to help. OK. And we're dumb enough to say thank you. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are dumb enough to say thanks. Appreciate yeah. you doing that for me, man. You 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 care about me so mm-hmm. much. Just always remember that I do not believe that the government really wants to help anybody but themselves. And and, and to be fair, there are a few legislators out there. I think even maybe even a lot of legislators out there that that think they want to do you good, but unfortunately, they, a lot of what they want to do is actually harmful to to what is right. And so, so many of them come down here with grand ideas to, for, for liberty and justice and smaller government, and they get here. And, and then they pass laws that take away your liberty. And they grow government. And, and what is wrong with these people? Here's the key. Liberty is not passed to make people safer. Liberty is passed to make people Free. freer. That is why, uh, you know, I'm. If, if I had my way, more people might die of speeding mm-hmm. because I believe driving fast is is really not the, the 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 problem. It's people in the left lane driving slow. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, but well, uh, and it's, a, it's a liberty issue. The, the fact is we could probably save a lot of lives every year if we would drop the speed limit to about 25. But I think the liberty right. issue is more important than saving those lives. Mm-hmm. I realize that maybe that sounds a little bit callous, but how many of us are willing to drive 25 miles an hour in order to, to, make, those, to, to make it safer on the roads? I think a lot of us are willing to take that risk so we can drive faster, and I think that's okay. All right. We got news coming your way, then Carrie Murphy will join us on the other side of news. Stick around for that. We're on the third floor of the house side of the Capitol. It's a Dave Ellswick show. So uh, be here when we get back, and uh, we'll be ready to tell you what's happening in the world of guns in Saline County. Hey, uh, I didn't know this. Just found it out uh, by a, a media release from Arkansas Right to Life. The Arkansas Senate passed uh, Senate Bill 341 today. 
to give women in Arkansas who take the abortion pill and then want to change their mind uh, a chance to save their baby if they get medical treatment through abortion pill reversal before they take the second pill. Uh, Senator Missy Irvin and Representative uh, Dr. Joe Cloud, sponsors of the important legislation. Uh, A thanks to Dr. Rick Wyatt. Uh, His testimony was in support of SB 341 and in providing women another choice when it comes to medicational uh, abortions. They expect House action soon. Please contact the uh, Arkansas House at 501 682-6211-501-682-6211 and ask your state representative to vote for Senate Bill 341. Thank you, and I'm sure that's uh, uh, from the folks uh, just down the, the street from us. Glad that they uh, are able to, to do that uh, and, and can bring that to, to us. So, good thing. Okay, so uh, Kerry Murphy's going to be here in just a few moments. He's on his way uh, up here to the third floor, and then he'll sit down, and uh, we'll talk about um, gun legislation. uh, That uh, Not legislation, but we'll talk about we can mention gun legislation. He's up to date on that, too. But uh, they got a gun show happening this weekend down in Saline County, and you won't want to miss it. It's the Benton Event Center. And uh, a great place to go for uh, the event. And I'm sure uh, he's got uh, some additional uh, people that are going to be taking part in this because uh, it's a a large area uh, that uh, they'll be having the event in. So let's go ahead and take our break now and get that out of the way. And then we'll have the rest of the time for Kerry when he uh, joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Kerry's not here yet, but he will be shortly. I just got a text from him five minutes ago. Said he was parked and was walking in, you know, into the Capitol. So he's gotten lost or something. It's not hard to get lost here. You really can get lost if you don't watch out. So let me just give you this. Uh, they've got a religious freedom uh, uh, thing going on over in... Uh, uh, I think uh, Manchester, PA, no, New Hampshire. Two organizations are fighting over the display of a Bible at the Manchester VA Medical Center. The Bible was carried by a prisoner of war in World War II and became part of a memorial in the medical center. It was removed after the Military Religious Freedom uh, Foundation objected. WMUR-TV reports another group, the Northeast POWMIA Network, wants to put it back. The Missing Man Table Memorial uh, honors missing veterans and POWs. The foundation said the Bible's presence was intolerable and uh, unconstitutional. The medical center put the Bible in a display case. Paul Martin of the POWMIA Network said the donated Bible is not just a religious artifact, but that it means that the prisoner of war held on to faith and hope that he could be brought home. We do that, that specific uh, display every year at the um, Military Hall of Fame uh, dinner uh, here for Arkansas. We always have the missing man table set up. So, yeah, what a stupid thing to fight over. Unbelievable. And 
the people who say we're supposed to be so tolerant are never tolerant of us. Never. Carrie made it. I made it. All right. I just got your text. I'm in the elevator. <laughs> Man. <laughs> After about a 200-yard dash run. All right. You made it. Good job. Good job. Tell us about Saline County. I know that you guys do a great job down there, but you got a lot of room in that Benton Event Center. Oh, yeah. It's over 280 tables, and uh, I'm told by the customers and the vendors that it's the best gun show in the state. Wow. Uh, you know, just the venue, uh, carpeted nice, the concessions, uh, outside with the toys you get to look at before you get in to buy all the guns and knives. You got toys? Well, you know, the side-by-side, the ATVs, boats, oh, trucks, oh, things oh, like oh. that. The adult toys. There you go, the boy toys. I know, you're going to have some G.I. Joes and stuff or something. Yeah. <laughs> did you not have a no. G.I. Joe when you were growing yeah, up? Yeah, I did. Now, did you have the 12-inch or did you have the little 4-inch? Uh, I, 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 I wasn't as... as you know, we didn't have as much money as you did. I had the little bitty one. <laughs> I know. They just, I had the little they plastic, making the, the little the, plastic the big one. toy soldiers you set up, and then you, you the green ones with rubber bands. Yeah, that's yeah, the ones. The I green had. guys. Yeah, the ones that are the best part of uh, Toy Story. It's when they always show up in Toy Story. Oh yeah, they're out on recon, and they still work. Even when you're missing an arm or leg, you still keep fighting. You keep fighting. That's right. That's they're the, the ultimate. All right, but so. it's going to be a great show this weekend. It's Saturday from nine to five, and Sunday from nine to four. We're giving away a rifle, a two forty three. You could win uh, just for showing up. There'll be tons of deals there with all kinds of guns and knives and ammo and, I mean, you know, ladies. Uh, there's going to be stuff there for them too. All right, you're going to have, uh, like, uh, purses women can carry their guns yep. in, breasts, you Concealed know, as far carry. as uh, bras and all that stuff. Concealed carry uh, purses. And there are some that have some uh, undergarments that have stuff for knives and tasers and, yeah, and I mean, handguns. You, so you, know, you just better watch you yourself, it, guys. Yeah, you know, just because you see some lady walking down the street, don't think that she can't be packing. Yeah, or if you're taking her out on a date, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Be careful. One of our concealed carry guys, George Brooks, he'll be there. We give away concealed carry classes. You know, we draw for door prizes. Yeah. And uh, when he teaches his class, he teaches them knife fighting, too. So the women have a knife that uh, hangs down in it like a necklace. But it's in between. So if you think you've got them safe, they can pull it out. And he teaches them how to cut your guts up. About, <laughs> what, a three-inch uh, three, three, you know, inch blade or yep, something? Yep, Tucked away. just and it's in, It sets right around real nice up in there. And they just pull it out and they go to town. If you're so. the lady, you better remember that or you get cuts in places you don't want them. Oh, yeah. No, it's, uh, he's great with teaching people on self-defense and, uh, you know, on that. Is it, is, it the, the, is it the knife that has, has the two finger holes? You know, you no, know. It's for the ladies, it's a smaller hand grip on it, but it's smaller. Almost like a skinny knife look to it. Ooh. But it, so uh, it's got a gut hook on it? <laughs> no, they make different ones. He's, uh, they, they got all different types. You can buy any kind you want. Ladies, I'm looking out for you. Oh, yeah, self-defense. That's what you got to have. Absolutely. There's yeah, always man. predators out there. Yeah, they're there. They're always there. And... Most men will always think they can take down a lady until they, you know, they're they're the the big guy, and then she's yeah. got the two by four, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a, you know, three oh eight ready to go. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> but you know, with more people carrying, 
then it's going to, you know, that'll help cut down some of that. They'll always wonder if she got it in her purse, if she got yeah. it in her bag, if she got in the car. You know, I'm not going to go carjack. I'm not going to steal her purse off her shoulder coming out of the grocery store. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. That's, that's cool. So you give away training for people. Oh, yeah. We give away a class each day that a person can win, you know, if we draw. And if they've already got their concealed, uh, you know, carry, we we uh, draw again for somebody who doesn't have their class, maybe hasn't taken it yet. So That's that's cool. What else is going to be there? Oh, there'll be uh, some veterans deals and raffles where you can, uh, you know, win some raffles. Uh, the VFW, the American Legion, you know, uh, we're always helping any kind of veteran. Me being a veteran myself, anytime I can help out, I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so besides having all the different types of firearms used and new you can buy sell and trade you can bring yours in that's a lot of big questions there's a lot of folks um as they get older in age or somebody passes away and their wife's trying to sell their firearms yeah they're calling me that can be a real hassle yeah one lady called me had uh 300 guns and didn't know what to do with them whoa 300 Yeah. yeah she didn't know what they're worth or how to you know how does she sell them and so i put her in touch with some people you know and i i try to get her uh we have folks that will give you a good estimate, you know, on it. Yeah. I don't want somebody to go in there and try to take advantage of a – I don't send people like that to, no. to them, you know. It's people that I trust, that I know. Hey, I tell them, look, you get the first price from them, and then that's the starting point. Then you go shop it around inside, you know. So if somebody says, hey, I'll give you $300 for that gun, well, that might not be the best deal. You take your time, walk around in the show, somebody might give you 500 Yeah. You know, watch out for the guy like me that give you ten dollars and a bag, and a bag <laughs> Try of to beans. Get the deal. Yeah, there's some magic beans here, ma'am, and, and I'll give you ten dollars for yeah, that nice bag. Go. Yeah, I like that stuff you got there. I'll give you ten bucks and some magic beans. You know, six of them. In fact, uh, something that I did want to bring up about being here when you're in the Capitol and it's the legislative stuff. Yeah. So I got a call the other day. Texas uh, was trying to pass some laws. It was actually on the floor voting. Uh, coming out of committee, and it's not done yet. Yeah. To where if you sell a private individual and you sell a, another gun to a, an individual, right. you have to have it go through an FFL dealer, a trade, or it could be classified as a felony. Really? Yeah, and gun show promoters, if it happened at your gun show, you would be classified and you would get a, a felony charge too. And you would also, there was others with misdemeanor stuff, and if they went outside, say somebody was at the show, just walked in, went around then they walked out in the parking lot and they found somebody and they said oh i'll buy that from you and they sold a gun without going through an ffl they would get charged with the felony and the promoter of the show would get charged so what does the ffl have anything to do with it anyway what how what does that change they don't learn any more information do they no there it's i think it's a way to intimidate people maybe yes well they want you to run the background check on the person that's what they're trying to get to all right but if you have to transfer it to an ffl you have the cost on that then you also are going to have it registered because they're going to know once it goes through that ffl it's registered they have to Mm -hmm. know the serial number you know once they transfer it to you it's on the books in the system and so it's a a way to register guns but putting the promoters in there and making us liable for some individual that's outside the building and stuff or something, you know, that has nothing yeah. to do with you. That's their way of trying to shut down gun shows. Yeah. Because I guarantee you, I'm not going to have a security guard in the parking well, lot not, full time watching. And you'd, had more, you'd have to have more than one. Yeah. 
I mean, there's no way to check it. The first thing that would happen would be some liberal would come up there and try to do a gun purchase and say, oh, he did it, you know, he yeah, did it, and try yeah. to get you in trouble. That's interesting. Well, here's a great, great story. I, was, I had Jan Morgan on one time, day, and I, and I said, you really, and I know you sell guns, too. Don't you? A couple of personals, but I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't compete against the vendors. Okay, so here, here's what happened. Uh, if you have a gun shop and you decide to go out of business, and you got the records of all the guns you sold, guess who you got to give it to? To the government. Give it to them. They have to give it to them. They have it then in their for their personal whatever they want to use it. So. They have all that information of all the guns you've ever sold and to whom. Oh, well, they have to store it for so many years. Of yeah, what think you, about anyway, that. Five, I think it's five or eight years they have to keep the records. Yeah, if they go out of business, they have to give that to uh, to the alcohol you know, t- uh, ATF. Now, there has been some times. When I'm not happy with that. There's been some times when I have people call me up three years from the show. I mean, three years later from they bought a handgun, yeah. left it in their car, got it stolen, didn't lock it up. Uh-huh. And they're calling me because they never wrote down the serial number. Hey, Carrie, do you know what this dealer, he was set up on this side of the room. I bought this Smith & Wesson. And I'm like, when was this? I'm thinking it was like last month. Oh, it was a couple of years ago. I said, oh, my gosh, how am I going to find that? Can you describe them to me? Can you tell me what the temperature this that year day it's was? Happened, it's, it's happened twice, and I actually got them to the dealer. I actually Really? Found, yeah, I found the dealer. I called them. I said, do you remember this? Did you used to have Yeah, I kind of remember that. And they went back through their records and looked it up. That's how we try to help everybody all the time. But that's crazy. I'm mean, I'm just saying it's crazy that if you go out of business or you die and it makes it puts you out of business, you got to turn in all your records to the ATF and they then store them. Think about that for a moment. I think they should have to burn them as far as that's concerned, destroy them. Yeah, that's the big push now is everybody's going to want to do the background checks. That's what they're trying to do in Washington now and others. And you see, uh, look at Bruce Westerman voted against that. I think it's H.R. 8 and some others. What they're doing in D.C., Pelosi's going after magazines again already and the, and the quantity. And you know it's going to pass out of Congress. Yeah, it won't but, get through the Senate. But hopefully it won't get through the Senate. But we do have a few people that might think, well, it's okay for this and okay for that. I mean, uh, once, once they did that with the bump stocks, yeah. I don't hold... I don't, you know, trust on anything. And if Texas, Texas is going to try to Well, you do, know why that's happening, right? There's all those people from California yep, moving Moving in. to Texas, yeah. saving on taxes from New York, yeah. and they're going to turn it to New York In City. California, and now they're going to turn it into, they're going to come over, and the things that they hate it in the states gonna, that they left, yep. they're going to bring it with them and make it law there. It's just crazy. Well, I mean, why leave if you're going to, you yeah, know. Yeah, if you're going to do that, just stay where you're at, please. There's it's, a reason you moved to that country. Look at look at Florida. I mean, Florida has got changes going on all the time Same now with immigration. about guns. I don't, that's what I don't get. If my great-grandfather great came over the potato Irish famine, you know, yeah, and through New York and the channels. So I'm, I'm a, you know, proud son of an immigrant down the yeah, line. That's right. how I got here. But I didn't want to change it and, and, you know, turn it into Ireland, although Ireland's a beautiful place. But, uh, you know, so I don't get why people want to change everything to their – they're leaving their country for a reason. And to come over here and try to turn it into that. Yeah, bring your bad stuff. All. Why? I don't uh, want your bad stuff. I'm not asking you to 
not say, hey, I'm, I'm from Honduras or someplace, or you're national. I mean, I like saying I'm Irish, you know, but I'm Irish-American. You're Honduras, yeah. but you can't fly the Honduran flag. Yeah. Well, no, you can't fly the American flag. You can fly the oh, Honduran yeah. flag. That's you got to get it right, Dave. Remember, yeah, everybody's right. after the yeah. American flag. They are after an American flag. All right. How much? Give the times again. Is there anything else that you want people to specifically know about? I want you to know it's family-friendly. It's a lot yeah, of always. fun. You can make make a lot of great memories with your kids, dads with the sons, showing them stuff, moms and the daughters. I mean, everybody enjoys it. You can win some door prizes. There's great food. Riverside Catfish is going to be there catering. Oorah. It's going to be good. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Saturday from 9 to 5 and Sunday from 9 to 4. It's $10 admission. That's good for both days. So if you come Saturday, you're going to get in free Sunday. Okay. And at age 11 to 15, is $5. And uh, 10 and under is free. And then military and police get a $2 discount. So That's pretty yeah, good. I mean, you're military, you come over there, you pay 8 bucks, you get back in free the next day. It's like $4 a day. Yeah, that's really I mean, cheap. So, Absolutely. And you get you, the chance to win a rifle. I was going to say, I, j- that was on my lips. What kind of rifle are you doing this time? A two forty three. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said 244. Not an AR this time. No, huh? not an AR this time. I'm trying to switch it up some, you know, different that's shows. Good. I do 17 a year now, so I'm trying wow. to. Wow, I didn't know you had that many now. Well, I'm in Louisiana and Texas. So I, and as long, as long as they let you sell them in Texas. Yeah, yeah as long as I might be out of Texas pretty quick. <laughs> That's pretty Especially crazy. Especially if it's got an emergency clause on that sucker. Yeah, moving it in and making it law immediately. Abbott will veto that. I, I be- hope so. I bet you he will. I bet you he'll veto that. He should. Absolutely. Should never, should never got out of committees. Mm-hmm. It's but, Texas, by God. Well, I, you'd think if the last stand shouldn't be the Alamo, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, whether you got come down to Benton this weekend, you have a great time. Uh, the next show is the next weekend after that. It's in Texarkana, Texas. It's a boat and outdoor and gun show. Cool. And then two weeks later after that, Shreveport, Louisiana. That oh, Shreveport. Fairport. Yep. And then after that, Mandeville, Louisiana. And then back. I mean, it's all. I've been over. to Shreveport a few times when. When the Razorbacks were playing in some of those it's real at big the bowl games. Bowl. Yeah, it's at, the, it's at the fairgrounds there. I got a building at the fairgrounds. Oh, that's cool. That's a lot of fun. All right. Well, it's always good. And, Kerry, look, I, I can say this to everybody's going up and up guy, it's all on the level at any of his shows. He makes sure oh, yeah. that it all is on the level. Yeah. And if we catch you doing something wrong, we'll prosecute you and send you to jail. He just said, we've done it's that. It's all on the I've, level. I've done that to two people. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah. Two, well, there's uh, three at one show and another one, another one we caught with the stolen firearm. And wow. uh, we had the police arrest them. Good for you. So don't come to my show with something stolen. Nah, that's all about that. All right, so it's at the Benton Event Center. It's this weekend. It's Saturday. It's Sunday. What's the times again? Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sunday, 9 to 4. Ten bucks if you're an adult. If you're military or or a police officer, you get two bucks off. And so 11 to 15 is $5, 10 and under is free, and that's good for both days. And when you buy your tickets, they are good for both days. Thanks so much, Kerry. Where did you start when you were driving back today? Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. So and then Texarkana. Did you ever get under 90 miles an hour? Twice. <laughs> I heard your comment about the speed, and I was like, I hope he's not going to say I hate speed because that's what I've been doing the whole way. I know way. you have. I appreciate you for making it so you can be on the show live, Kerry uh, Murphy, and we'll have him back on for the next show that he has. It's close around here. But, uh, again, 
He does the best shows in the area. Make sure you make your way over to Benton starting on Saturday. Appreciate it and have fun. All right, Gary. Thanks so much. We'll be back in the studio tomorrow, Fun Friday. Start off with Matt Smith and then move into the Geek Squad. That's all happening tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. See you at 2 o'clock. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.